Welcome, fellow Sherlockians. I'm Mike. And I'm Tom. And this is I Heart Sherlock. Okay, so let's dive into The Three Ghosts by Laurel D. Lauren. Lauren. Lauren D. Estelman. Lauren D. Estelman. Uh, I'm going to, full disclosure, I lost my notes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, uh, Tom here is going to be running point on this and I'm going to give us, right. I'm going to give as much info as I can and, and the banter as I can. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Thanks for listening. And, um, I'm sorry I lost my notes. <laughs> Thomas, take it away. All right. I, I was looking forward so much to reading this story, um, because I'll tell you, Lauren D. Estelman, I think I mentioned on a previous episode. Yeah, he wrote a couple books that you have that you read. He wrote a couple books, Sherlock Holmes versus Dracula and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Holmes. That's awesome. Uh, which I think were the first of the uh, Holmes uh, pastiches that I ever read. And I loved them. I remember buying them from a, a used bookstore down the shore in, in New Jersey. And man, I just devoured them. The fact that Sherlock Holmes could be in another literary story like Dracula or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Holmes was something so foreign to me. Um, it was fantastic. And those are great books. And I think he's, I think those are the only two novels Estelman has written uh, for Holmes. He had, I think, Amos Walker, I think, is like his his series of like crime mysteries. Okay. Um but he is he also in recent years has gone back to the Holmes well to edit a couple of anthology collections. Okay. Uh I'm looking on my shelf. I must say I haven't read them, but The Perils of Sherlock Holmes and Sons of Moriarty are on my shelf. Uh, I think he writes a story for them and then much like Holmes for the Holidays has many other authors there writing as well. I gotcha. So, uh the Adventure of the Three Ghosts is very exciting because I think it also combines a couple of worlds. Um, yes, it does. Yeah, especially at Christmas time. It's good, you know, so the Dickensian yes. world of A Christmas Carol kind of gets combined a little bit. Um, and so first, Sherlock Holmes is in a good mood. Again, I love when Holmes loves Christmas. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Um... And so Watson is over at Holmes House, House House Holmes, Holmes Lodgings there at Baker Street. It seems like Watson's not living there at the time. He's over there just visiting, I guess, at Christmas time. Yeah. And uh, a visitor comes, of course, saying, "As uh, how, how did you put it, Mike? Before we started recording." Oh yeah, that's just, uh, <laughs> the the one note that I do remember. Um, uh, this 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 gentleman comes comes to Sherlock and goes, you know what? I was just visited by three ghosts in my home, and um, what can you do about that? Mm, Holmes says, "What can I do about it? The ghosts." That's how the, that's how yeah. our story starts. Uh, I mean, we. <laughs> We know from other Holmes, uh, including the Christmas Demon, all yeah. the Holmes stories. Holmes is not really buying into the supernatural no, thing, not by any means. Uh, and so, here it is, you know, day or so before Christmas, and or I think it's actually Christmas Eve, um, and 
Holmes is, is, you know, he doesn't want to participate, but he also does because he's intrigued. And if you can interest Holmes, that's what it takes. That's it. Uh, and so right away, you know, the, the story wastes no time with this, uh, with this guy talking about, and he's not named yet, I don't think, for a minute, but he talks about how he was visited and he just names them the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future in a dream. So right away, obviously, we're, we're talking something to do with a Christmas carol. And he's a tough, and he's a little bit more highfalutin guy. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, a little bit. Um, and so uh, I right away, I'm like, oh, a Sherlock Christmas carol. You know, this is uh, exactly exactly what we're, we're up for. Um, but the story kind of takes an interesting turn um, because we find out that the man who has come to visit is, in fact, a grown-up Tim Cratchit. Oh, wow. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And so it's not just some random, you know, Christmas Carol copycat, but Tim Cratchit. And I love that um, Watson is the one who who says, uh, is your name Cratchit by any chance? And... Tim uh, Cratchit, or I think the name he's going by um, at first, uh, is not Tim. Oh, it's escaping me. But um, he says, uh, he gets his back up a little bit. And he's like, uh, I hate that story. <laughs> uh, and so Dickens uh, is does exist in this world. He has written... A Christmas Carol in mm. the world, and apparently has based it off of of true events. It sounds like, and uh, Tim Cratchit, he's like, I've never even read the thing because I don't like his invasive story. He calls it <laughs> as if he he invaded uh, and was like a little bit too personal with with the, with the story of the Cratchits and Scrooge. <laughs> And all this, he's like, I've never even read it. And Holmes, you find out, has also not read this story. Oh, Holmes is very non-literary. Yeah. <laughs> he and he says that fiction. as much. Yeah. He does. <laughs> Unless it has to do with, I mean, like with the Christmas demon, he has to sit and listen to somebody explain mythology. He's not going out of his way to read it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, Holmes does say here for me, he's like, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to, I think, occupy my mind uh, with with some literature. Uh, let me read the quote, because it really was a good one. Um, as Watson is explaining to him everything, he says... Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. He says, However, I rather think I have an uncluttered corner of his of my brain still, and it seems to me that literature would not be an unwise thing to deposit there. Um, I think I remember, yeah, I remember the reading yeah. that as well. He, he kind of gives a little concession. Yeah. So. Well, because it pertains to the case. Correct. And up until now, I suppose, he hasn't had to yeah. worry about anything, you know. Yeah, that that's was true. Literature. Although I guess you could say that A Christmas Carol in this context is nonfiction to an extent. Because yeah. he was basing it off of, of real 
real people. Yeah, that's true. Or historical fiction at best, I guess. Probably historical fiction at yeah. best. That's interesting. It's interesting how he's making the worlds collide. Yeah. Which is I, I love that kind cool. of stuff. Yeah. And I think Titan Books features a lot of stories written mm. by folk that do that. Yes, yes. Which is nice. I think that's really cool. I do, too. Um, one of my favorite parts about this story is that Watson obviously loves A Christmas Carol. Mm. And so he is quite enjoy he's quite enjoying the fact that he has entered this world for a moment. And I'll get my my I think my favorite my definitely my favorite part of the story, but I think one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes and Watson moments ever happens at the end of this story. Okay. Uh, and we'll get there. But um so Watson is asking questions, uh, and he actually knows things Holmes doesn't, which also pleases Watson, because mm-hmm. Watson knows this story inside and out. He says, hey, I'm an author, <laughs> you know, so uh, mm-hmm. he, he reads. Holmes doesn't know things, you know. Watson's enjoying giving Holmes information. It's like that moment, um, you know the movie National Treasure? Yes. Right? So, you know, Nicolas Cage's character. Fun movie. Oh, very fun, fun, movie. very fun movie. Um, he knows all the history stuff, and so I think mm-hmm. Riley is like his friend's name. Yeah, <clears throat> and he doesn't really know anything most of the time. Right, but there's that one moment, like when he there does. he knows the thing about daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah, but, but Nicholas Cage doesn't, and so he's like, "Oh, is this what you feel like all the time?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's where Watson is. He's like, "Oh man, Holmes, did you know this and this and this?" And Holmes like, "I didn't." Ah, you know, that's like, what that feels like. Elementary, my dear Holmes. You that's know, I'm so, you might as well say that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's 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 fun, and um, so the story is that he's had this these dreams of the ghosts of of the ghosts of p- past, present, and future, two nights in a row. It sounds like yeah, and uh, he doesn't really know why. Right, but the third one still has to happen. Yes, Got it. he's not sure why this is happening. So like, like you said, Mike, he, he says, you know, what's up with these ghosts, Holmes? Come find out. You know. Yeah. And so, of course, you know, Holmes, they, they go to the house, and of course they have to do it when, like, no one else is there, and uh, except except just for Tim. And I love, uh, he says, yeah, this is, uh, this house was left this way, it's kind of in a dilapidated state, when I inherited it, inherited it from the Scrooge estate. Uh, <laughs> so apparently when Ebenezer Scrooge died, eventually, mm-hmm. uh, he left Tiny Tim, you know, a house that. and things yeah. like that. Or maybe the Cratchits in general. I just, I love this world that I wish... There's a world in here somewhere that isn't a Sherlock Holmes story that I just kind of want a sequel to A Christmas Carol. Yeah, you know? so what I happens mean? when Tiny Tim grows up and yeah. he gets better and... You know, uh, I... I want that story somewhere. So, Lauren DeEstemann, I'm sure you're listening out there to this podcast. We sure about that? Uh, well. All right. Let me, let's fact check that. All right. Yeah. I mean, he might be listening to that through <laughs> six feet of dirt. No, no. He, <laughs> he just edited these books a couple oh, of years ago. Oh, they're new. Yeah. How new, Tom? Uh, well, I don't know. We're about to find out, I think. <laughs> uh, L- Laurel. Lauren. <laughs> L-O-R-E-N. Yes. DeEstemann. Yeah. I know you're out there, Lawrence. So, so. Take a look. Uh, yep, six feet of dirt. 
Really? No, I'm just. Oh, kidding. he's still alive. <laughs> he was born in. He's born in 18, uh, 1952. He's still alive. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So he's listening. Then. Of course. <laughs> he writes western fiction too. How about that? Yeah, maybe that's what the Amos Walker. Amos Walker. Yeah. That sounds like a western name. Writer, of detective, and western fiction. Yeah. He's known for a series of crime novels featuring investigator Amos Walker. Oh, there yeah. we go. I've not read Very any cool. of those Amos Walker novels, I must admit, but um, <laughs> I've seen them in a lot of used bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm looking for Sherlock Holmes, I see them. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you're out there, Lauren, it's time to write a sequel to A Christmas Carol. Yeah, <laughs> please. I'd love to read that. Or Tom, you write it. Done. I'll write it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> then um, we'll interview you, the author, on the podcast. That sounds that? pretty good. But you gotta act like you don't know what this is that you've ever been here. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Tom Valletto. We really throw three people through a loop. Uh, but I mean, the, the story is actually pretty simple in and of itself. Um, you know, he Holmes and Watson stay in Tim Cratchit's room for the night, uh, and they end up like they see this uh, you know specter in the middle of the night and. They end up finding it's like a projection through a wall, a uh, hidden passageway, you know, lots of classic mystery things yeah. uh, with a little touch of Scooby-Doo in there somewhere with reflections and hidden passages. That's very cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so essentially it, it turns out that, you know, they were trying to, you know, get him to, I think, uh, almost like a Scrooge type of thing to help have a better environment for his employees i think and uh, oh so he becomes the scrooge well he's not quite scroogey but like they just they want stuff and so they're using this as a way to do it I gotcha. um and uh it's also implied that maybe this is what happened to scrooge himself that they're you know this was also a projection that visited scrooge oh that's uh, interesting yeah that's kind of the implication at the end, um, I definitely need to reread this. Cause yeah, that's... but but I'll tell you here. Here is my favorite thing because th- I love Watson and I love the way that Estelman is writing Watson mm-hmm. in this because so everything is solved and Tim says that he is going to uh, you know do all the things you know that he's supposed to do and mm-hmm. and all the classic Christmassy endings, um, but. So, we'll, 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 I'll start here and I'll read this. His wife stepped towards him just as he strode forwards. He took her in his arms. I'm sorry, Beth, can you ever forgive me? There is one way, said she. Of course, he looked at his clerk. Richard, I want you in early tomorrow. The young man was dismayed. Tomorrow is Christmas Day. All the more reason to start early so we can count out the holiday gratuities. Yours first. If we work hard, we should be able to deliver them all by midday. Then you and your wife will join us here for Christmas dinner. Very Christmas carol-y, right? And then he says, bless you, sir. And then he says, bless you, Beth. And (laughs) Watson exclaims, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Then the next line, four curious faces turned my way. (laughs) <laughs> no one knows what Watson is talking about because this family has not read A Christmas Carol That's because great. they found it too invasive of their private life. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and Watson's like, hey, surely you're familiar 
You said it. It's mm-hmm. your husband's words. And they're like, yeah, we haven't read that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just... Very few times is a book so vivid to me mm-hmm. that I can picture it happening like a movie in my mind. Yeah. And the fact that Watson just cannot help himself. He's so overcome by Christmas carol wonder that he utters God bless us everyone, which is the most famous line of the book. It is. And <laughs> and Tim Cratchit himself is there. It's like when you meet a celebrity and you like you're like, "Oh man, remember when you said this?" and they're like, "No." I yeah, don't. Uh, no, I, I don't even remember filming that movie. What are you talking about? Right. Um, and and everyone's just like, yeah, we don't know. And he's like, but it's, but, <sighs> it's just, yeah. it cracked me up. I laughed out loud when I read that part mm-hmm. of the book, and I was really pleased. Um, but the the whole story was just fun. It had a good mystery to it. Um, you know, Holmes and Watson have a nice little Christmassy scene at the end where Watson brings home Holmes a book. And Holmes is like, I didn't get you anything. I'm, you know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and they're like, a friendship is the greatest gift. It's like, I've been waiting like five stories in this anthology uh-huh. to have <laughs> to have a Sherlock Holmes story that is all the Christmas goodness that I've wanted. Right. Um, and here it is. We finally reached it. Well into the hundreds of page numbers here. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. thank you, Lauren D. Estelman, for writing a good. It should have been the lead story. I'm saying. It should have been the only story. It should have been the only <laughs> story. <laughs> like edited by Ann Perry. It's a 20 page book. That's it. Listen, maybe the rest are good. You know, we're kind of at the halfway point in the in the anthology. That's but true. Um, I just, I loved it. I, I was what fun. And, you know, I, I said before, I bought this book uh, at a Borders years ago when I was in middle school. So I imagine that I probably bought this book for two reasons. Reason one was because it was Christmas, which I love. And reason two, probably because it had a Lauren D. Estelman story in it. Yeah. And so I probably read this story a long time ago, but I'm glad that I didn't remember enough of it until this time to be able nice. to to enjoy it fresh. Yeah, I would love to cover one of his, for us to cover one of his books. That oh you, my uh, goodness, that, that would be fantastic. That would be cool. Because those are both highly recommended. Yeah, absolutely, man. But yeah, so uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it immensely. That's great. That's Tom Valetto, everybody. Uh, <laughs> killed it. Absolutely knocked it out of the park. I just sat here and watched. <laughs> Which is totally fine by me. Um, <laughs> See, next time you, you, you forget your notes, it should be for one of those awful ones. Though. That's true. <laughs> I wish I lost my notes for Scandal and Winter. <laughs> we we are God. three episodes from that, and we are still it's, talking about how bad it is. I can't, I can't get that back. No, no you can't. At all. It's gone. That it is gone. Is gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, then I think uh, without I think let's forge on to we're finishing the book. Oh, the conclusion! Yes, I'm excited. Yeah, let's move on to the conclusion. Well, kids, um, we are finishing the Christmas Demon by James Lovegrove. Yes. So uh, I know we're excited. Hopefully, you're all read up. If you're not, go ahead and read up first. Um, Because there's some twists here. There are twists. There are a lot of twists. Um, So be prepared for that. But, um, yeah. Fantastic book, Tom. Oh, my goodness. It was so good. Guessing every turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and I I I I, I, I was thinking about this today on the ride on the ride to work, and I'm like, you know, the butler did it. <laughs> it's I wrote that down. <laughs> you did. I did. The butler did it. The butler did it. <laughs> the the it was it, and that's where like like uh, like you said like it, it's you got the twists and turns that happened yes um because it was a ra- it was um oh my uh tell uh Treben 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 yes yes was yes. was the man that killed Becky Goforth yes um. Erasmus was the Black Theric. Well, so he was like separate. half the Black Theric. He was leaving the the twigs. Correct. But then um, uh, Trebend was also in uh, walking across the lake. Right. So yeah. that's who she saw that yes. night and assumed that it was the Black Theric. Yeah. And he just kind of went with it. Yeah. Uh, I it definitely I didn't see that coming. I know we talked about possibly it being two separate things. Yeah, um, and that's really interesting that it was. Well, yeah, because I mean we thought Shadrach was involved. Mm-hmm. He was not involved yeah. at all. I was convinced Erasmus was the one who killed Goforth. Yeah, cause totally and that was saw. not his side of it at all. No. Um, I mean, yeah, ev- everything was great. I mean, even. You know, as as this section opened and we see Holmes and Watson deal with these Dawson twins and, uh, you know, Holmes and Watson as enforcers just kind of cracks me up anyway. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, and then the whole icicle murder thing. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. That Holmes was bluffing his way awesome. through the whole scenario yes. about an icicle being the perfect murder weapon, which I had heard, you know, I, I feel like that. That story kind of goes around every it does. now and then. I've heard it too. And I was kind of like disappointed. I'm like, uh... But then when Holmes, afterwards, he's like, yeah, all that's pretty much crap. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm for it then. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just, yeah, these Dawson twins. Also, by the way, I didn't have to worry about them. I was worried that they were introdu- introductory characters. That's right. That were going to be behind a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. They were behind nothing except yep. Erasmus Black Eye. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And I, I don't... I love that they they said thou. They spoke in a little bit older English. Yeah, they did. Which I thought was cool. Yes. Because they struck me as like thugs, but then they're talking with Shakespearean English. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Kind of threw me. <laughs> I but guess I it's it the cool. dialogue, the dialect, you know, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they did seem like a couple of, uh, you know, not too smart guys yeah. intellectually. Which is why they fell for the icicle thing. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. And yeah. I, this is uh, the second half of this book. I actually listened to an audiobook. Oh, okay. So pretty much, and <clears throat> the guy that did the that did the reading was great. Apparently, he's won like awards. Oh, nice. Um, so it was it was cool to hear it read out loud. Mm. This whole encounter, because <laughs> it's to hear Holmes's very. You know, almost arrogant voice talking to these two. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Because um, he even says to him, he's like, he's like, do we look like enforcers? <laughs> you really, you really think we're enforcers for the chap that you guys decked the other day? He's like, you're a 
Grossly mistaken. Yeah, we're, we're, we're beak-nosing Care Bears here. We're yeah, not... that's it. That's it. Well, that's what he says. He, he, says, he says his nose is very beaky. <laughs> he does say I that. I thought that so was I, awesome. I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Lovegrove was reading that story before he wrote this, I yes, think. Yes, he was. <laughs> beak nose. Um, but yeah, I love that whole exchange. They went from, like, real confident to... Yeah. And, like, it, it's just a cool picture in your head to... He's like, uh, I think we should take this outside, don't you? So they go outside, and they're like the old, well, you could take the next stagecoach out of here. Yeah, they weren't. It was definitely like, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. (laughs) And he's like, no, you know what? I think I'll stay. Tell me what happens when I stay. (laughs) And then, like, when he grabbed those icicles, I'm just, the, the picture that I had in my head, I'm like, yo, this is badass. <laughs> I mean, he's holding these two things like two short swords, and I'm like, yo, he's going to destroy these people. Yeah. Destroy them. Yeah, his physical uh, boxing pass coming back mm-hmm. into play. Fencing. Fencing, yeah. Yeah, he did. He's like, he's like, believe me when I tell you, I am very skilled and adept at executing <laughs> that maneuver. Like, that's pretty much how he words it. I'm like... It's true. <sighs> Which goes to show, again... Holmes, from the beginning, when he first decided to go and he said something like, this is my Christmas gift to myself. Yeah. Holmes is, he said, I'm going to have a good time, and he has had a good time. He has had a good time. <laughs> He's beaten children at parlor games to the point where they cried. It's true. And now he gets to wield icicles and short swords. That's, that's a vacation, boy. Oh, man. That's what's up. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Erasmus does get um, off the table pretty easily for as the murderer. I mean, yeah. Holmes, I think Watson's like, isn't it Erasmus? And Holmes's like, eh, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Is he go on good time? Yeah. Oh, one thing, and just an aside, because I, yeah. I feel like this factored in. The way I understood the book when, I read, when we read the beginning... I thought it was, like, everybody in the family gets a piece of this money if she doesn't make it to the age of 21. Yeah, it was just the... Of her generation. Yeah, the generation. I don't so think it was I four, picked that it was, up either. Yeah, yeah, it was Erasmus. Yeah. It was uh, Kitty Boyd. And then um, somebody else, Olivia. Somebody else that we didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. So that's... Oh, wow. So, like, in retrospect, I'm like, yo, we were picking people out of suspects. We were. They were not. Absolutely were not suspects. They, they were. They couldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. They, they would have gained absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I will fun. say, um, when when Holmes and Watson are waiting at the frozen lake mm-hmm. uh, for whoever. Oh, yeah, for whoever was coming. Uh, this is the first time. Reading a Holmes Christmas story mm-hmm. that I did not want to share in their meal, as they ate ox tongue sandwiches. Yeah, man. <laughs> Cold or hot, man. No, thank uh, you. I don't. I mean, that sounds really gross. To yes, me. it does. Um, I've never eaten ox, as far as I know. Uh, I've also never eaten tongue, as far as I know. I mean, I know there's a lot of tongue out there, you know, tongue, you know, they can go buy tongue at a deli and stuff, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm good on that. That's <laughs> just the way you're describing it, because, like, you, we don't have these conversations, I don't know who has a conversation <laughs> about this, and you're like, yeah, there's a lot of places you can buy tongue out there, I'm like, 
Was yeah. That cow tongue is not something you can yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's not at the supermarket. I don't yeah. think. Just you don't funny. take a number at Acme. <laughs> yes. I want to. I want a pound of Swiss cheese and a couple slices of cow tongue. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can. Not that slicely I thin, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There's some foie gras on there too. I mean, maybe it's good, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like oxtail. For my so, my buddy Matt cooked oxtail once for us. Okay. Um. Pool. Nope. Fat, <laughs> grisly. I'm like, who the oh. who the fudge eats this? <laughs> and then just to come to find out, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't know how to cook oxtail because apparently, when cooked well, when cooked properly. Oxtail's very good. Oh, okay. I haven't had good oxtail yet. I kind of <laughs> don't plan on it. Rather not find out. I mean, if somebody puts but, uh, it in front of you, maybe. You that's know. true. But did it like it? It looked like this gelatinous uh, yeah. around a piece of meat, and I'm like, I don't know, man. And I tried it, and I'm like, oh, this is no. This is bad. It's very bad. I mean, I'm not usually a very adventurous eater. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, my mom liked liver. Mm-hmm. My dad would eat pickled pig's feet. Whew, um, there you go. I don't know why either of them did either of those Big things. Cross, yeah. But um, I like a burger. You mm-hmm. know, that's about it. <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. About it. But anyway, yeah, usually they're sitting down to these wonderful uh, meals, and this one was like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I am good. Yeah. Who uh, Out of that whole kitchen... That's that's what you got served. <laughs> yeah, I, I take one of the Marge marmalade sandwiches. Yeah, before there, you know what I mean, man. Ox tongue sandwiches. I got to say, there was a great line. There was mm-hmm. a great line um, when uh, when we have this kind of like uh, shootout uh, with uh, where they almost fall through and everything like that. Oh yeah. Um, so. Yeah, Treben fakes his fall in. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I did not see that coming. No, I did not I see either. that coming at all. But I love when um, Watson almost shoots Holmes in the fog. Yes. And uh, where, where Holmes says, please don't shoot, Watson. I cannot imagine the agonies of guilt you would suffer knowing you had slain your greatest friend. Yep, and more so. <laughs> yeah, and not to mention the tremendous loss my death would be to the world. <laughs> yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. So we have this nice moment, but I love it because even in this moment of Holmes, you know, uh-huh. feeling for Watson, he's like, what a great loss it would be to you and to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, like oh, thanks for taking something so personal, making it seem like it's still all about him. They're the ones that are losing more than I am. That's very nice of you. Thank you. I just lose my best friend, but the world loses your your greatest intellect that has ever graced the face of the earth. Thank you. Humility has never been Holmes. No, it is not. No, it is not. (laughs) Yeah, you, you, you. It's that's what the world loses, and I lose. Yeah, I knew that guy. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I get. But yeah, I mean, that's then we, we pretty much get a, a good old-fashioned summation. Yeah. Uh, you know, gather everybody eight, in the room. That and... was an eight-chapter summation, <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. I'm like, holy smokes, man. I'm like, I didn't realize, like, when they, honest to God, when he's like, oh, it's Treband. Like, when they met him on the ice, and yeah. like, oh, it's Treband. And I'm like, okay, so, like, who really is doing all? Yeah, like, this can't yeah. be it, right? And it was. Yeah. Um, well, yes, but 
I mean, where, if we thought it was long, especially when, when Treben comes back yes. in the twist, that I did not see coming at all. I didn't see that not coming at all. Um, even Treben is like, I got tired of listening to you. Like, like, yeah. I've been here. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, you've said enough, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'll answer any other questions. Right. Exactly. You shut up. <laughs> um, and when he's the one that comes in with the with the gun, the I guess shotgun. You can, yeah, yeah, the shotgun. You gotta, you you gotta shut up. I guess. Yeah, and uh, I. It was a really, and then it it, it vilifies what you said about Mrs. Trebend. Yeah, because she was in with him to a degree about yeah about you know him trying to so it, <clears throat> Trebend turns out is is an Ather, an Allerthorpe, mm. but from uh, another branch of the family tree, yeah. which was a little hound of the Baskervilles kind of yeah. yeah. Um, he belong. He was he was the cousin of the the devil worshiping Allerthorpe. Right. And that cousin was very pious and I think very religious. And so he was his son or his his grandson. And so all this time he came on as a as a butler and basically his whole point of trying to get into the the estate was to be able to start excavating in the older part of the castle where the original one was but burnt down. Right. Uh in search of that devil stone. Um, that his his forebearer created. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I love that we, we got answers to things. We did. Like the steps, mm-hmm. where they led, you know? Because I, you know me, I, I don't like loose threads. Right. And so I was, that, that I would have been annoyed had we not found out what was at the bottom of those stairs. Agreed, because they really <laughs> drew attention and importance to it. And then I'm like, mm, it's not going to talk about it. Yeah, again? if it was okay. just a red herring, I would have been upset. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, it all connected, and I mean, everything tied in, which I really appreciated. Yes, it did. It was wrapped up very nicely. Yeah, but I will say, I will say also, because um, we can't leave out Erasmus totally, right? Because he was the one leaving the birch bundles, correct? Um, and he was doing it because he was he got into some. Some gambling debts, yeah, with he, these with the Dawson twins, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he was literally tr- <laughs> this guy uh, <laughs> trying to drive his sister a little insane, yeah. And then even if she was <coughs> instituted, then hopefully he thought she'd just be let go later. This was the most poorly thought out scheme, it was. Uh, which I guess is indicative of a desperate man. It is, yeah. Um, it uh, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. But when, <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say as as he's apologizing, and then I mean Eve Allerthorpe is a saint. Yep, <laughs> saint. She sits there and she forgives him, and she she says she's gonna pay off his debts. I mean. A saint, this woman is. Yeah, man. You know as well as I do that 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 day and age, dude. You go into a mental institution. She could have been lobotomized before oh, they got yeah. her. Oh yeah, this isn't. This, oh yeah, she would have been done. That's what they do. Oh, you're crazy. We'll fix that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're not. Mm-hmm. Now you're nothing. Yeah. He almost not just ruined his sister's like livelihood, but he. I mean, 
life. Yeah, the whole, her whole life almost really came to a halt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and she forgave. I mean, my goodness, uh, this this woman who, I mean, ugh, she almost was driven insane. You know, plus uncovered this murder plot as well as everything else. Yeah. And she's still willing to forgive her really kind of idiot brother. Let's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and believe it or not, I, I feel like he truly loves his sister. He did things out of desperation. Yes, I agree. If if he didn't love her, this wouldn't go this way. She wouldn't forgive him. Um, yeah. But he said, like, I'm just been an idiot. Yeah, like no, she she's she calls him an idiot. Like you're the biggest <laughs> idiot I know. That's true. And he's like just utterly destroyed because he's like, what was I gonna do to my sister? Because yeah. I'm over here like a desperate moron, you know. Like, and you're right. I she knows he loves her. I would have made him sweat a little bit personally. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been you know that forgiving. Yeah, like, yeah no problem. And I might not have shelled out some money so easily either. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> you gotta work for her. <laughs> But yeah, she knows he loves her, and even though you know, like like we said, he he was a desperate idiot, yeah. and sometimes people sink to that level. Um, yeah, they because, do. you know, desperation does crazy things to you when when you feel like there's no way out of a situation. Yep. Um, you know, and when it's very true. You know, not only financially, but you know, physically, you know, being threatened and all that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, was a, it was he was in a rough spot. He got himself into the rough spot. Yeah, he did. But he was in a rough spot. Yep. And I like how, like, she's like, I need you to... My leg just cramped up! Oh. <laughs> Give me a sec! <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the... Yep. The, 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 the hamstring. Oh. Ooh. Holy smokes. Alright, there we go. There are a little bit better, folks. <laughs> totally lost track of what I was saying. Um... What was I saying? Uh, we, we were saying that uh, Eve, we would have made... Uh, sweat a little sweat bit. Sweat a little bit, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, he... <laughs> like, you're you're trying to drive your sister insane. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's a very sweet woman. And like I said, I, I, I think that's truly what would have happened if he didn't love her the way he did. Yeah. It would have been over. Um, a hundred percent. Um, but he, that was not the case. I don't think that was what I was going to talk about just now. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I still, oh, wow. There it is. I'm just, maybe it's just cause I'm sitting weird. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. Horrible, horrible oh, feeling. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I think it was, it was a good twist. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So she's like, she's like, but first you have to do one thing for me. And it was like, he's like, isn't that more like five things? Oh, that's right. He was still protesting a little bit. A little bit. She's like, you're never going to touch a drop ever again. Right. No more gambling. No more something else. And he's like. You know, that's three, right? And she's like, yeah, well, no, it's one. It's yeah. all part of the one. It's like, you want this money or not? You, you want, want this yeah. money or not? And like, I'm like, when he's like, I honestly thought when she said, well, how much do you owe? He was going to be like 3,000 pounds. Because like, he's, he's going 
going to get four four thousand pounds, and he's right. like uh, hundred pounds, and I'm like, you're going to put your your sister, yeah, in an institution for a hundred pounds. It did seem like a low number. It did, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. thank you. I'm just like, this is, <laughs> is that low to me? Like, what? Because he's like, oh, and then I have enough to you know be able to run around with my friends, and I'm like. Yeah. 3,900 pounds to run around with your friends? Holy smokes. But, I mean, I guess that goes also to kind of uh, restate how kind of almost thug-like the Dawson twins were. That, you know, they were were willing to to get physically violent over a small amount, too. Oh, yeah, they were. They tuned that boy up. Yeah. Uh, I, I love how Holmes is still having fun again because even as um, all of these things are happening, Holmes is like, "Oh yeah, I'm planning on writing a book about uh, all these, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all these uh, ways to solve this and do this." And yeah, you know, and uh, you know, he's right. just he's just he's having this little aside to himself. He's oh, talking yeah. to no one. But oh himself, yeah, he had really. a blast. Yeah, he's having a good time. I don't think Holmes knew that Treben was still alive though. They don't mention that whether he did or not. Yeah, so. he, but I think he was convinced that he was he was not, especially because when when Watson uh, gets shot, mm-hmm. Holmes is so concerned. Yeah, yes, very I mean, concerned. so concerned. Um, I'm trying to find the the line. I don't know, but it it's it's some line that Holmes says that you know, like I how. He says, uh, I can't lose my Watson, I yeah. think he says. I'm like, oh my goodness, that, uh, that's a, a very emotional line. Yeah. And uh, I love, and I've said this before too, I love um, his his and Watson's friendship mm-hmm. in this book especially. Yeah. Because the two of them are seen just enjoying each other's company I agree. getting along having respect for each other and you don't see that all the time like no. even on some of these short stories we've read it's mm-hmm. you know Holmes is talking down to Watson or Watson is annoyed at something else mm-hmm. but here the two of them are just human people yeah uh, who have a, a long friendship and sometimes you do get on each other's nerves with a friendship mm-hmm. but when all is said and done Holmes he says, I don't know how I'd function without you. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, he, he's very heartfelt. Yeah. He's like, I would be, I'd be a broken person. Yeah. If I didn't have you. And, and it's almost like the, the, uh, the antithesis of his line to Watson about, don't shoot me. Right. Because what a loss it would be for you. Mm-hmm. He says, you can't die. What a loss it would be for me. Right. You know, and it's it, that's truly how he feels. I think yeah. both are really truly how he feels. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I I loved I loved hearing that from him. Yeah. Um I'm also glad Watson survived. I'm uh, glad, you know. And do you understand the significance of him getting shot in the leg? Uh well, his his leg uh well, no, you tell me. Maybe I don't. So, he was shot in the arm. Right. In the military. Yes. But for some reason, in later stories, it's his leg that bothers him. Really? Yeah. And that's a discrepancy in the canon 
that has been talked about and tried to be understood of why is that? If he oh. was shot in the arm, then why is his leg bothering him? Yeah. And I feel like Lovegrove wrote this as his way to fix that in the canon of he just sustained another injury during the course of an adventure with Holmes. And wow. that became the more dominating injury versus his arm. I don't think I ever... I mean, it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've read a lot of the canon. I don't think I ever realized that about that discrepancy. Yeah, because in the beginning, at the very beginning of this book, when he goes to stop Father Christmas, yes, he, he has says, the shoulder. Look, yeah, I yeah, used yeah. my injured shoulder. Yes. And now he talks about getting shot in the leg. Well, that is a crazy, fantastic attention to detail. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> well, well, no, I meant, I meant Lovegrove. Not oh, you. yes. <laughs> there you go. Easy, No, Holmes. we're picking up on it, yes. Easy, Holmes. But, uh... <laughs> uh, it, it is on Lovegrove's part. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, to do that, to try and bridge that, which is really nice. Yes. Uh, it, it, it is something... It's, it's, it's surprising how big of a point of contention that is. Mm. Uh, and the fact that he he links that and smooths that is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I guess a lot of, you know, um, well, we see that in a lot of movies and things like that, like maybe like mm-hmm. Star Wars and things like that to try to yeah. retcon something so that they can explain away some weird thing in a later movie and all that right. kind of stuff. But you don't, you know, like, like you've been talking uh, all this time, you know, Sherlock Holmes being this, this great fandom and uh you know being able to to take a story like this and fit it into the canon so smoothly yeah um that is a real talent it that is. love grove has here i agree because you're and it's when you approach the canon it's i mean it's <laughs> it's canon it's it's right. like approaching the bible yeah or, or some other religious text and trying to fit a story in yes you can't contradict it correct yeah and he like you said he did that beautiful smoothly and beautifully um which is which is really amazing i, I it's the first book i've read by him and i love his writing i feel like i'm listening to watson tell a story yeah um just like you would in the canon and that's really, there's really, that needs to be mentioned because I feel like there's a lot of authors who, they they write a Sherlock Holmes story or a book, but they don't write it like a Sherlock Holmes in the same voices as, yeah. as Watson. So to do that is pretty incredible. And I feel like um, in The 7% Solution... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nicholas Meyer writes very well in that voice. Yes, I agree. And that's the actually the first book I read um, where it was that case of, you know, it was a story out of Watson's, you know... Lost manuscripts. Lost manuscripts. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool they yeah. did this. Like, they really yeah. explained this like this is a real deal, man. <laughs> um, and that just blew me away. And it's... It's so cool to do that because you, it's like making Batman real. Yeah, yeah. And linking it to the world, which is which is pretty cool, so. And, and, and I like this fitting into the canon because we've had so much of, you know, talking about 7% Solution mm-hmm. and, and other novels and stories like that 
where they take the canon and they're like, aha, actually what really happened was this. Right. You know? And they kind of turn a famous story on its ear. Yeah. Uh, but here it's like, no, no, we're going to go with everything you know as truth. Yeah. And this, you know, there's no surprise that something really didn't happen the way you thought it did. Right. We're just going to make sure we fit it in. Yeah, and they and they did an incredible job. I feel yeah. like you could take the story, you could insert it into the canon, and it and it maintains continuity. Yes, even builds more continuity. Yeah, and and almost in the exact same literary voice. Yeah, so it that's pretty awesome. If that's really hats off to you, Mister Lovegrove. <laughs> if you're listening to this, hats off to you, sir, because not many people can can craft a Sherlock Holmes story. Put it alongside another story in the canon, and it just be assumed that it's Doyle's. Yeah. So, and and in my opinion, that's a compliment to you, sir. So take that as a compliment. Um, pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, speaking of awesome things, this last chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, once once everything is solved and and they're able to get everything and and Holmes and. I, I love that Watson's like, I'm not staying here anymore. <laughs> like, he's shot, and the doctor's like, you should stay in bed and spend Christmas here. Watson's like, nah, uh, no, no. Yeah, Mary's not. at home. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. It's cold. Like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've been uh, shot. I'm going home, yeah. whether you tell me I'm allowed to or not. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not staying here. He mm-hmm. all, he, he's like, I felt like he was like, I almost went home before. I thought I was going home, and Holmes tricked me. This time I'm going home. <laughs> I was tricked. Yeah. Going home for real. This going time. home for real. Um, and then chapter 31, when they're home, um, I loved everything about that last chapter. Yeah. Every single thing. Yeah, because it's like, it's Holmes loves Christmas. Holmes loves Christmas, but and, and he loves Watson. Yes. Because, you know... He he goes home, you know. Holmes helps cat helps like not carry, but like, you know, uh, almost like a you know helps him to upstairs and into the into his and Mary's house, mm-hmm. and then he just quietly slips out, and then it's Christmas, and yep. Watson's like, oh man, where's Holmes? Like he shouldn't be alone, and he starts to go get him, and Mary's like, you have been shot in the leg. You cannot go walking yeah. to Baker Street. You need to stay In where you are. In this weather. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he does, and family is there, and all of a sudden, Father Christmas shows up at the door. And, of course, Watson describes him. It's obviously Sherlock yes, Holmes. Yes, it is. It's obviously Sherlock Holmes. But Sherlock Holmes is not breaking character. No. He is Santa, Father Christmas, to ev- all the children there everybody there mm-hmm. he's got gifts it is very sweet and very uh, i mean holmes is not going to do that for someone he does not love no. and respect correct um and uh and then of course i love the next couple uh, it was the next day or like a couple days later where watson goes to visit holmes finally mm-hmm. and he's like so uh, yeah, you know uh, it was great when uh, when Father Christmas was there, right? Wink, wink. Yeah. And Holmes like, oh, was Father Christmas there? And Watson's like, yeah, it was you. What? What are you talking about? And like Holmes is like, I'm not. And, and so because Holmes has this moment of great of great sweetness, but mm-hmm. Holmes is like, I'm not ever going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> like like um, not me. I, it, what, what a wonderful thing that Santa Claus paid you a visit, Watson. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was here. <laughs> I have an alibi. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it was just such a, a heartwarming ending. It was such a, a wonderful, you know, Christmassy ending. And um, I got to say, as I finish this book, maybe it's just because it is currently Christmas time, or maybe it's because <laughs> I just enjoyed reading this so much with you. Uh, but I, I I feel like this became one of my favorite Holmes novels. Yeah, I it's mean honestly, really, it's really good. It's so highly recommended. I I can't say enough good things about it. I agree. I don't think there's one part of this book I did not enjoy. Yeah, I don't have a bone with it. No, not one. Of all the picking apart we've done of a lot of these stories, yeah. uh, I have no negative thing about this book at all. Yep, uh, I uh, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, it's it's genuinely a good read. It's well structured. Um, your things are explained very well. Yeah. And it's it, it doesn't leave you wanting. It doesn't leave you going. Well, wow, they didn't answer this, this, and this. Mm. Um, it was all very well explained. There really wasn't anything that was missing to lead you to the conclusion. Uh, maybe one or two things. But not not terribly bad. Yeah. Um, and one thing. So when Mrs. Trebend had her episode in the kitchen, um, and seemingly was having a heart attack or whatnot. Oh right. They mentioned Holmes mentions that orange peel. If oh yeah. Enough quantity can create those symptoms, and he said, you know, Watson, if you remember. I made mention of the fact that it smelt heavily of oranges, and so did Mr. Bend. And he said, I know that she makes her marmalade, but it really smelt like oranges in there. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that was cool, like the attention yeah. to details. Because I remember him saying that, yeah. and I remember not really thinking anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm like, And then it okay. came back. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, you smelt orange. Yeah, I'm like, like, I don't all right. get it. Whatever weird stuff you want to say, Holmes, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, man, <laughs> you're slipping. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it was, they, they, he, the characters are memorable, you know what I mean? Uh, the, you know, Erasmus and Kitty and, and Mr. Bend, um, they were all made to be very memorable characters. Yeah. And I feel like there really was a lot of, um, red herrings isn't the right word, but just, just you know, you, it was a good guess. You kept us guessing. I mean, we talked, Correct. you know, each week, Shadrach was a real possibility in our minds. And yeah, Erasmus absolutely. was a real possibility. Yep. And, you know, you name it, we thought of, you know, and uh, that that's, again, signs of good writing. Yeah. Because we really didn't know yeah. until we got there. Yep. Who and it, was who? And it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't know because it was structured that way. That's it was yeah. the author purposely wrote it this way so that you are asking questions. Who could it be? Maybe it's this. It's not like it was bad writing. Right. And that's why you're going, Who could this possibly be? You know, it's it's a difference between between good writing leading you to ask questions yeah. and then slipshod writing that's just like you said there's there's loose ends it's right. not explained properly you know or and, and you're running into that problem so no very recommend and I you know I'm looking forward to reading more by James Lovegrove I know I can personally recommend uh, The Beast of the Stapletons which is another James Lovegrove book it's a sequel to The Hound of the Baskervilles and that was fantastic too 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. you were you were to yeah, I remember Tom and I were talking about that. And then he also has the newest one out. It's called the Three Winners. Yeah, three um, three winter terrors. Yeah, I think. W- uh, yeah, yeah. Winters, uh, like the season. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's definitely a lot of other authors out there. If this is your, you dipping your toes into the world of Sherlock Holmes, there are countless authors out there, uh, mm-hmm. with different writing styles and, and different ways they express their love for Sherlock Holmes. So I mean, what's what, what we might love here, you may think. Yeah, that's not for me. And then hit upon something where we're like, you know what, that's not for me, but you love it. Yeah. So, and that's the nice thing is that there's there's so many books out there and short stories. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous. So there's literally <laughs> something out there for everybody. So it's, I, I think we still need to figure out which book we're going to do next for you guys. Yeah. And um, I'll share that on, on Instagram. So we kind of figure that out. I'm kind of thinking about doing one of the 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 Laurel uh, the Lauren, Lauren D. Estimate. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. I I would love to read one of those fun. again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do that for you guys next month. We're, um, we want to try to do a book a month. Um, maybe we'll depending on how many chapters it is or how how large the book is. Um, maybe we'll break it down and and, and complete a book in two months. Yeah, we can see how how it goes, um, especially yeah. with, you know, we got, uh, it is almost Christmas time and holidays coming Correct. up, so we'll, everybody has uh, a lot of things going on, but yeah. we definitely want to keep this going because what fun this is! It is a lot of fun, and I I think that like you said, it's it's Christmas time, and it's part of the reason why we, we kind of push the episodes out, not in a bad way, but like we yeah. wanted you guys to have them before Christmas. Yeah, you want to read a Christmas story at Christmas time. Exactly. Yeah. Because even when I was like, like okay, we release it week by week, and I'm like, it's still going to put us past Christmas. Right. And I'm like, I don't want that. So that's why we released the first two episodes the other week, and now we're releasing the last two. So, uh, yeah, we'll figure out what we're next, uh, starting next month for you guys. And yeah. I'd, what I'd like to do is keep up with going through the canon. Oh, so I agree. If we could do two canon stories uh, per episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? That way we'll be able to get through the canon, then we'll be able to get through uh, the novels as well. Yeah. The uh, novellas, and uh, that will be, I think, uh, I would love to make that as a goal. I agree. That's good because it, it is always good to refresh yourself on the originals. Yes. And like we said, what everything else is measured by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps keep us on our toes about what fits in, what doesn't fit in, and yep, um, and things like that. Yep, fan theories and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. I think with that, um, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, happy New know, Year. So happy New Year, and be safe over the holidays. It's crazy out there. Yeah, you know, don't drink and drive. It's a bad idea, um, especially with the you know with the wintry weather. But just in general, you know, so be safe, look out for one another, and um, yeah, I guess yeah. we'll see We'll see you next time, yeah. right, Tom? If you, if you have some holiday food, have an ox tongue sandwich for us. There it is, yep, ox right. tongue sandwich. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again for iHeart Sherlock Podcast. You could be doing anything with anybody anywhere right now, but you've decided to take your hard-earned free time and stop by and listen to Tom and I 
uh, chew the fat about some Sherlock Holmes stories. We're so glad that you joined us today. We're looking forward to next time where we'll continue having a good time sleuthing together. Yes, sir. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, and please click and like uh, and subscribe on Spotify uh, and coming soon to other podcast platforms.